This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back. Listening to Militantly Mixed. A proclamation. Whereas on the 22nd day of September in the year 1862, a proclamation was issued by the President of the United States, containing, amongst other things, the following. To wit, that on the first day of January in the year 1863, all persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state, the people whereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States, shall be then thenceforward and forever free. And the executive government of the United States, including the military and the naval authority thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of such persons, and will do no act or acts to repress such persons, or any of them, in any effort they make for their actual freedom. Welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, and this is our Juneteenth episode, which you've probably gathered by the reading of the Emancipation Proclamation at the beginning of the show. Uh, this is also episode 50, which is kind of a milestone for me. Uh, about two, three years ago, I got the idea to do this show. I dragged my feet on it for whatever reasons, work, life, didn't think I could get an audience, blah, 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 whatever the reasons. But finally, last year, on Juneteenth, June 19th, 2018, I released the promo for Militantly Mix, announcing that on July 5th, the show was going to drop. In two weeks, we'll hit the anniversary, but this is a significant day because 50 is such a nice, clean, round number. And I'm really excited that 50 and Juneteenth fell on the same day together so that we can mark a milestone with a milestone. All right, so this episode is not going to be your typical militantly mixed episode. We're not talking to one mixed person about their mixed race experience. What we are talking about is the holiday, which is kind of viewed as, as a black holiday, but it should be an American holiday of Juneteenth, the celebration unofficially it is the celebration of the end of slavery but officially it is the celebration of when to the best of our knowledge the last americans found out that slavery had been abolished two and a half years prior and that the civil war was over so on this episode i'm going to talk about the history of this holiday and the significance of it to americans 
But then I'm also going to talk about, you know, my own personal feelings about the holiday and the significance of that. And then I'm going to share some clips from some folks who pitched in and let me know their feelings about Juneteenth. And, and that's what we're going to do today. Before I get into it, though, what I would like to do is share a clip from the show Blackish. Last year, they aired a Juneteenth episode explaining what Juneteenth was, and they did it through song. There was a song performed by The Roots, which was done in the style of Schoolhouse Rocks, I'm Just a Bill, and uh, it describes a little bit of what Juneteenth is. But I'll explain at the top of the show, what you heard was me reading a segment of the Emancipation Proclamation, and the song that you heard underneath that, uh, for those of you who don't know, is Lift Every Voice. It is basically considered the Black National Anthem here in the U.S. Uh, if you grew up in, well, at least in terms of my experience of access to the song, growing up in the Black Church, Black Christian Church, uh, you would sing the song on Juneteenth or any kind of significant Black holiday. Um, and... I, so I don't speak, I can't speak for people who grew up in other religions. I'm not sure if that song was accessible in other religious spaces, but this atheist who grew up in the church definitely knows the words of this song. And I have been to several different types of primarily black events, concerts, uh, shows, comedy shows, things like that, where someone mentions this song and then everybody in the audience starts singing. So Definitely, if you grew up in the black church, black Christian church here in the States, you know this song. Uh, and if you didn't and, you're, and you're, you're black, you probably know this song too because it is the Black National Anthem. Uh, the version that I played underneath the reading of the Emancipation Proclamation was performed by Joey DeFrancisco for the Project Freedom disc in 2017. Instrumental, obviously easier for me to read on top of. But if you would like to hear the words, like I said, it does have religious connotations. So you can you can Google it if you want. Uh, lift every voice and sing. And then you hear it. In my case, is it weird that I've played a hymn on my show? Absolutely. Uh, because I am an atheist and have always been an atheist. I never was not an atheist. But I was raised in the Black Christian Church. I just never believed in any deities. Uh, but there is aspects of Black Church that I do miss. The the community, the camaraderie amongst Black folks, cookouts, and uh, and the songs. Um, a lot of the a lot of the music was was special. And if I can chip away at the the deity aspects of the songs, that would be ideal uh, so that I can still listen. But um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a that's probably a description for another day. Or I think I have talked about it on previous episodes. So, OK, <laughs> so so goofy. Oh, okay. Uh, before I jump into the Juneteenth song from the Roots, I I got some I got I do have some news to share. We got some more sponsors this week. I don't know what's going on, but thank goodness people are paying more and more attention to the show, and we're starting to pick up some more sponsors. So last week, I think right before I finished my intro. I found out that we had gotten a sponsor, so I shout I shout out that sponsor. But then after I published the episode. A couple more came through, so that's what I'm talking about on this episode. So uh, one would like to be anonymous. Uh, the other I didn't actually ask, so I'm just going to say, just for safety's sake, that we got two sponsors this week, which is awesome. Uh, so that that brings us up to a total of 10 Patreon sponsors. So these are sponsors who, that, who sponsor the show on a monthly basis. Anything from as low as a dollar to as high as anything you wish to do but there are reward levels depending on the levels and I think for me I tap out at $50 uh, because that's the level of rewards I'm able to provide but it does allow for people to donate more if they wish to and to do that you can go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed 
and sponsor at any level you wish. After two months, your rewards will kick in. Um, I probably will shout you shout out on Twitter and social media earlier than the two months. But yeah, in terms of like the t-shirts or the bags or the coasters or anything like that, the swag, you have to have been a Patreon sponsor for two months before that kicks in. So that's one way to sponsor the show financially. The next way to do that is through paypal.me slash militantlymixed. If you go there and that's a one-time donation, you can drop as low as a dollar to as high as anything you wish. And those donations really kind of help extras. So the Patreon really supports the logistics of keeping the show going, uh, which now more than ever is is going to be needed because I lost my job. I lost my job the other day. Uh, and so now that I have, the, or now that I've lost my job, having the Patreon sponsorship does a- allow for me to know that no matter what, the show is going to go up and you're still going to hear it. And it doesn't matter that, you know, my finances might be tight for a little while. Uh, for the PayPal though, if you sponsor that way, that's usually helping something new. Like right now, we have a fundraiser going until July 5th for Militantly Mix on the Road. If you'd like to contribute to that, that's where I'll code any donations between now and then. And that'll help promote to get uh, live recordings of the show and or speaking engagements about Militantly Mix and multiracial identity and things like that. Uh, so that's what we got going on. But honestly, for PayPal, you can do that anytime. It doesn't necessarily have to be a part of the fundraiser. And in fact, in the note, you can say general donation versus fundraiser donation or anything like that. That's just to help with extras. It will upgrade equipment, which we have done from PayPal donations before, or, you know, add to our swag, things like that. Uh, so those are a couple ways you can sponsor the show. Thank you so much to our two new sponsors this week. I'll just call one of them M and I'll call the other one S. M and S, thank you so much for contributing to the show. It really means a lot that people listen and that they care enough to help keep us going and growing. All right, so with that said, without further ado, uh, we're going to jump over to the Roots Juneteenth song and then we'll come back and talk about the history of Juneteenth. I'm only a slave They'll place my body in an unmarked grave In these confederate days It's kinda hard to lift every voice singing While worrying about how low the sweet chariots are swinging I could swing from a tree But hey, oh I hope and pray They don't kill me today I am still just a slave If the Emancipation Proclamation was passed in 1863, why weren't you free until 1865? Well, it took two years for the Civil War to end. Oh, so you were free when the war ended? Nah, not for two more months because Texas landowners wanted another harvest. That's not cool. None of it was cool. But an army ship arrived on June 19th, 1865 and announced we were free. That's why we celebrate Juneteenth. Slave and the home of the brave, a product of the triangular trade. Please pardon my ways if I'm nervous or the slightest bit skittish. In the presence of the Portuguese, Spanish, Dutch, or British, they kept me in colonial chains. Tell me how to persuade them to chill or to save me if still I'm a slave. So that was the Roots Juneteenth song from the Blackish TV show that kind of lays a little bit of a groundwork of what Juneteenth is. But 
Now we're getting into the history of Juneteenth. What is Juneteenth celebrating? Juneteenth is sort of known as the oldest celebration commemorating the ending of slavery in the United States, but Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865 was not the end of slavery on the books. On the books, slavery had ended on January 1st, 1863. Why did it take two and a half years for slavery to be considered officially over? And I'm doing quotation fingers when I say that is because there were still battles that were going on related to the Civil War for the next couple of years after uh, slavery had been abolished. But news could have traveled. Somehow news could have gotten there. It just, for whatever reason, was delayed. Also, a ridiculous aspect of the abolition of slavery was that it was the burden of the slave owners to inform the slaves that they had now been freed. Well, when you still have battles going on and for related to the civil war you still have people who for all intents and purposes think of themselves as seceded from the union they're not necessarily going to go out there and free their slaves it's possible that some did i don't have any historical records on that so that's not what we're talking about here we're mostly talking about the holiday but i'm just painting a picture once people did start telling their slaves that they were free i imagine there wasn't a quick transition out either it's not like the slaves had been earning money during this time so that they could just save up and go get their a, a house as soon as slavery was abolished. Um, many remained on some of the plantations that they were at, whether they were born there or, or sold to there, because they didn't have anywhere to go. And a lot of people remained in some form of slavery because they didn't have the ability to find housing and start a life, get a job somewhere. And in some cases, if they stayed on the plantations that they were originally enslaved on, they could earn money that was only usable on the plantation that they lived on. So there was many, many forms of continued slavery that happened after the official abolishment of slavery. As it relates to Juneteenth, though, it took until June 19th, 1865 for the Union soldiers that were led by Major General Gordon Granger to arrive in Galveston. And Galveston, Texas is on the coast of Texas, and they arrived on a ship and let everybody know, y'all are free. And the story is that a celebration broke out, commemorating being free, and that primarily this was done in the form of food and dancing and singing and fellowship and things like that. That is, to the best of my knowledge and what research, what information is out there, was the first Juneteenth. So... I'm going to get into a little bit later the kinds of foods and the ways that we celebrate. But before we get into that, though, I'm going to share a clip from TK from the Shit and Shade Talking podcast and also Black with No Tracer. He sent me a clip about what Juneteenth means to him. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about how we celebrate. Hey, this is TK of the Shade and Shit Talking podcast and of Black with No Chaser. And I am here with uh, the Militantly Mixed podcasters tell you about my experiences of Juneteenth. Um, first and foremost, I believe Juneteenth is a very, very important holiday that we all should be fully aware of and know about and know the history of. I am a native Mississippian born and raised and I live here in Texas now in the Houston area. And this area has a lot of celebrations in some parts, yet a lot of people don't know about it. I mean, most of us know the history, you know, know this is a celebration of black folks' independence um, and, and the end of slavery. Um, 
And it's very important here in Texas because Texas was the last state to find out about it, I believe. So that's why it's commemorated so much here. But even back in my hometown of Hattiesburg in Mississippi, it was celebrated, you know, big every year. We had parades. We had a day in the park baseball tournaments. We had historians who would come and give speeches and, and talk about this very important uh, moment in the history of America, not just black America, but America itself. Now, the ironic thing about it, especially for myself and many Mississippians, is that the state of Mississippi did not officially ratify uh, Amendment 13 until 2013. So, you know, that kind of was indicative of how far we have to, to go and how far we've come. So. Just knowing that, you know, it really didn't dampen my spirit as far as the holiday goes, but it just made me more aware of how far behind America really is um, when it concerns black people. But again, Juneteenth is very important. It's something that we should all celebrate. It's something we should all be fully aware of and spread the word to others, because to know our history is to know greatness to know the struggle, the sacrifice, and the, the survival of a loved but hated group of people, which is black people. Again, this is TK with the Shade and Shit Talking Podcast, as well as with Black With No Chaser. And I want to wish each and every one of you a happy and safe Juneteenth celebration. Enjoy. from Shade and Shit Talking Podcast and Black Window Chaser for coming on and sharing your thoughts on Juneteenth. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, the music you just heard was actually from a video that I recorded of performances at the Juneteenth celebration that I went to this weekend at Lamert Park in Los Angeles and kind of the, the Crenshaw area. That was actually the first time in a long time that I've actually been around black folks on Juneteenth, which is kind of tragic. Uh, last year, I went to a festival at, the par at a park in Santa Monica, which was very weird for me because Santa Monica, California is basically a fairly affluent white area and so driving past this poster every day because I that was where my commute was I would see Juneteenth festival over that you know that weekend before Juneteenth and I was like all right well I haven't been to a Juneteenth festival since I lived in Texas because between Texas and California I actually lived in Massachusetts and there was no celebration I could find no celebrations for Juneteenth when I lived out there so I was like great there's a Juneteenth celebration it's weird that it's Santa Monica but let's go there were some black folks at that Santa Monica Juneteenth thing. Primarily, they were on the stage performing or at the booths or uh, the food trucks. But the attendees, a lot of them were white, mostly white. Or there were, there were some black folks there, but just not as many in attendance in comparison to the white folks or the non-black POCs. So it was a weird experience. And it was also the first time that I had publicly debuted my militantly mixed attire and and was trying to connect and, and hand out things. But I didn't really find a whole lot of mixed folks to connect with there um, besides, you know, interracial couples with young children, which wasn't necessarily at the time uh, what I was looking forward to connect with on the show. So it was an okay experience, but it wasn't like a life-affirming blackity-black experience. And I was kind of sad. I was like, how is it that even in L.A. we don't have anything? 
And it was just because I guess I didn't research hard enough. I didn't find that there actually was an annual celebration at the Lamert Park in LA. And so that's what I went to this year and definitely different. It was almost entirely black, which was amazing. There were performances consistently from the time we got there to the time we left. It was going on all day. There was booths everywhere. And as I, did I mention it earlier? I may have mentioned it earlier. I am now a vegetarian, only for animal and environmental reasons, not for health reasons. And so Juneteenth is kind of tough for me sometimes now because I associate Juneteenth with a lot of foods that are animal-based, foods that I consider comfort foods ribs, hot links, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, which is usually cooked with with meat in some way, shape or form, beans also cooked with meat, things like that cornbread, uh, gumbo in some cases. And so there's a lot of things that are associated with Juneteenth through, with cookouts and family barbecues, family reunions and stuff like that, that I have fond memories of, which I no longer have access to now that I don't eat meat. And luckily at this Juneteenth celebration, there was a couple of booths that served either vegetarian or vegan food. And while it wasn't my, you know, familiar flavors or anything like that, the food was really, really good. I had what I believe was hearts of palm version of like kind of crab cakes that actually had kind of a seafood flavoring to it. It was, it was kind of amazing and, uh, and things like that. So I'm going to have to learn how to adjust my Juneteenth foods with my vegetarianism, but it was amazing. It was, it was so, all I can say, uh, I don't know really how to say it. That doesn't sound kind of weird, but there are times in my life that I feel like I need to be around black people because I grew up around black people and in my adult life I have lived primarily in either white or white and Asian or non-black POC and white areas and so there's times when I feel like a lack of blackness in my day-to-day and so to be able to go to an event where it's primarily black folks celebrating blackness celebrating our history our ancestry our shared experiences and things like that those can be really like battery charging situations and i was sort of in desperate need of that leading into going to the juneteenth heritage festival i was in a really bad bad way on friday i lost my job it came unexpectedly i left my toxic job for my mental health and found a new job and after two and a half weeks it was pretty clear that job was neither a fit for me nor was i for the job but unfortunately there was no way of knowing that unless i took the job so it was a risk one that i didn't think was risky uh took the job lost the job on Friday. And at the time I was actually kind of relieved when it happened because I wasn't happy and I was afraid and nervous that I wasn't gonna be able to look for another job when I had just started a new job. So it wasn't ideal because I'm the breadwinner in my family. So obviously I'm in a bad financial situation now as a result, but I was relieved because I was so unhappy. And I thought, you know what, maybe this is time. I need to really, really start focusing on main hustle media anyway. And maybe I'll just have to find a way to hustle to pay the bills, but I need to focus on main hustle media. So it's feeling good on Friday when it happened. On Saturday though, my other cat, Revan, who I've talked about being sick for the last year, you know, we lost one of our cats, Ronan, earlier this year, which I'm still dealing with emotionally and will for a long time. Uh, But Revan is also sick and now I'm terrified that I'm not gonna be able to take care of him. To, to handle his care. And he had a, an incident related to his health on Saturday, which terrified me. There was a lot of blood and it was scary. And I have already re-recorded me explaining it because in my previous recording, I'm crying like a baby. <sighs> but anyways, I was in a bad place on Saturday. I was really flattened and I didn't go to the Juneteenth event on Saturday. 
but Sunday I forced myself to get up and take a shower and go even though I was feeling really down and just the experience of being around black folks and that music and that food and and the t-shirts and the booths and all that kind of stuff really really recharged my batteries and I started to feel good and it doesn't mean that I'm not terrified that my cat is going to um get worse or that my job situation is really fucked up for where I'm at in my life. I'm 41. It's not really easy for 41 year old people to just go in and start a new job and promote their way up. Uh, my career path was sort of derailed a couple of years ago with uh, an unfortunate incident that happened to me at a job. And so I'm kind of been trying to rebuild ever since and it just hasn't worked out well. Um, partially because of the environments that I've been in, the work environments that I've been in, like I talk about my the toxic position I just left, or in the case of this one job, the job they sold and the job that it was was different and I was so miserable at the job that it was, I didn't perform at the level that they wanted. Um, and that's because the skill set that they required was not the skill set that I presented that I have. They just thought, you know, with my skill set, it would be a good crossover. Um, but what they wanted and what I wanted were two different things. And so it, it really, really was just not a very good fit. We didn't leave on bad terms necessarily, besides the fact that, you know, now I'm unemployed. Um, it was just like, you know, you're great. This is great. It's not for me. You're not for, you're not for us, that kind of thing bad situation. So I was really, really down and um, getting to go to the Juneteenth Heritage Festival on Sunday really perked me up. Plus I ran into someone I know, Michelle, aka Michelle Get to Work. She's a dance instructor out here um, and a fitness instructor, a Pilates instructor out here in LA. She's amazing. She's hilarious. And I am in stock with her. I like to stalk her on the internet because she's so awesome. And she was out there with her sister selling t-shirts, which we got a couple, which are amazing. I'll put it on the Militantly Mixed Instagram so you can see them. Their company is called 1222designs.com and you can get their t-shirts. Not today, colonizer. I'm rooting for everybody black. Things like that. I love my hair. They have a bunch of good stuff. So check them out. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. Uh, so my batteries got charged. It was a good day. I got some good food that even though it wasn't my traditional Juneteenth foods, because I'm a vegetarian now, it was really, really delicious food. And, um, and it just reminded me again, why I seek out and need to seek out these types of events so that I can reconnect and stay connected to my primary cultural identifier, my blackness. So right now, my ex is because I'm not connected to my family. My father is no longer around. And even when he was around, uh, we didn't have a very healthy relationship. I'm disconnected from that family because of that separation. And I don't believe that our family gets together this way anymore anyway. But if we did, I would nev not necessarily be a part of that. My own friend groups, a lot of my friend groups didn't celebrate this day growing up. So they're not necessarily out there on the park grilling and us showing up and making our own family events. Uh, so how do I, and right now in my household, it's only me and my husband and my husband is half Arabic and half white. He's, he didn't grow up celebrating Juneteenth, but he accompanies me whenever we go to uh, primarily black events because, you know, he's a supportive partner. And also he did grow up around black folks. He just didn't grow up around black folks that celebrated Juneteenth. He's very familiar with Christmas in July though, uh, which will be another episode probably. So how we celebrate. For me growing up, it was cookouts. It was barbecues. It was uncle's competing at the grill to say who burns meat better. It was, you know, aunties complete, competing at the other foods that, um, that were on the table, the, the baked goods, the macaroni and cheese, the, the things like that. 
it was people from churches that we knew and it was baseball in the park it was frisbee it was it was climbing trees actually that was a huge part of how we celebrated juneteenth we used to climb trees like crazy when we were little and it was just a time that you felt connected to your family and your people and my my family did actually make an effort to stop in the middle of the celebration to mention why we were getting together. Let's not forget the significance of Juneteenth and here's why. Um, that was an aspect of celebrating Juneteenth that was significant to my family. As an adult, I moved straight from California to Texas to Austin and there were parades that were put on by the African-American Cultural Museum, I believe it was called. And so I, again, did not know that people were not celebrating this widely throughout America because I went from my family celebrating it in California to Texas where the holiday originated. Uh, so there were parades and things like that, and that's how I was able to connect to Juneteenth. And then I moved to Massachusetts a little bit south of Boston and there just were not I looked and looked and looked I would ask all the black folks I knew which was basically four of them and I would say you know where where are the Juneteenth celebrations and that's how I learned that this was not widely celebrated or even widely known there weren't folks that were celebrating it in my circles in Massachusetts and then when I came back to California and I started seeking it out again same thing a lot of my friends and the people in my social circle that are black were not celebrating did not know or they did know but just didn't have a way to celebrate because they didn't grow up celebrating it and and so that's rough but historically how it was celebrated was you know family gatherings cookouts things like that baseball games uh, rodeos is a big thing in texas where they were celebrated there'd be juneteenth rodeos and then the types of food which you know i've already mentioned but one thing i haven't talked about is the significance of the color red and red foods i'm going to get into that next but before i do that I want to share a conversation that I had with Cole Johnson from Cole Sports in which he and I talked about Juneteenth and how we feel and how we celebrate Juneteenth. And then we're going to come back and don't forget, we're going to come back and talk about red and red foods for Juneteenth. Let's talk about Juneteenth. Okay. All right. I am Cole Johnson and I am a proud member of a Juneteenth celebration. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I, like for me, Juneteenth is a happy thing, even though we know what it comes from. And I'm right. just not having that experience with other people that I'm talking to. Like no one, no one really grew up that I knew grew up celebrating it. So, but you did. Let's talk about it. Yeah. All right. So when I was real young, I didn't quite know what it was. And, and, and I would, I would see these shirts that many of, many of our brothers and sisters would be wearing. Mm-hmm. Of course, none of the Caucasian persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> and I would see this strange word, Juneteenth. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And I'm like, I would see so many, so many across the diaspora type of shirts. Some that were wonderful and nice and others that extremely were stereotypically a slapstick and a slap in the face to black people. Such as you would see Juneteenth on a shirt that I saw that was spelled out in watermelon seeds. Oh, that no. Yeah. 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 So I, I would see I would see stuff like that and almost be turned off. But then I, I I studied it a little more. And when I realized what it was and for those who don't, I mean, it's basically a celebration where on June 19th, 1865, people from Galveston, Texas, caught wind and realized that, well, people who harbor slaves they can't anymore because they're free. And so it's a celebration of that. 
And when I got older, I learned how people celebrated it. Uh, and in, in certain cases, I have seen parades, not on the grand scale of Thanksgiving in New York or Mardi Gras, but I have seen parades happen in certain cities to mark Juneteenth. I have seen that. Not attended it, but I've seen it. But I would all, oh, but the, I think the most beautiful part that I've seen about Juneteenth is I would see people celebrate the day or at least the time period with family reunions. Right. That's how we did. And, mm-hmm. and they would tie Juneteenth with family reunions. And I actually saw, not my own, but I actually got a chance to partake in a couple of those. And that is really when I got the understanding and the spirit of what Juneteenth was about. And I loved it. I loved I loved what it was about. You know, I loved I love the atmosphere, the feeling of camaraderie, the feeling of togetherness. And I'd be around these people who were not a blood relation to me, but were definitely brothers to me and sisters to me through my eyes and experience. Right. And I loved I love it when I talk about it now. I, I, I get a I, I get a good feeling. <laughs> I, I love that feeling of, mm. yeah, we're celebrating something that our ancestors you know, the before us, they they would love to see the fact that we're doing this now, that that we're we're celebrating the. Unfortunately, I do say hard work, but the hard work that they got got mm-hmm. punished and 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 punished and punished some more and didn't get paid a dime for it, right. and had and had their freedom just simply taken away from them. We're, we're celebrating the fact that. They died so we can be free like this. And, yeah. and, and that to me is what I really love about Juneteenth, that it is a day to really celebrate. Because what I find interesting is here's, here's the day that for black people in America is pretty much our Independence Day for real. For real, right. And two weeks and a day later, is the country's Independence Day. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how our Independence Day is hush-hush for the most part, but the country's Independence Day, we go all out. Right, and and even other arbitrary holidays like Cinco de Mayo, which Americans celebrate right. incorrectly, you oh, know. gosh, yes. <laughs> you know, you have that, and they, it's marked as this huge day. Mm-hmm. And it's not even an American holiday. It's not for no. Americans. And here we have, I mean, how more of an American holiday could you get is about mm-hmm. freedom in general, right? So even right. 4th of July is freedom from the oppression of the, you know, England. Mm-hmm. And then right. here we're also celebrating a form of freedom from emancip- uh, from colonization, from kidnapping, from enslavement and everything. And it's so secretive that most of us don't know it exists. That is what threw me for a loop. Right? Because, yeah, because, you know, I was around Houston most of my life. So, you know, I can bump it to a black person and I can just say, you know what Juneteenth is? They laugh at me. It's like, of why are you asking? Yeah. Why are you asking? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, you know, I, and I've been in other places other than Nashville where I am now. I mean, I've been in North Carolina and South Carolina and Virginia. And I've had those looks, I mean, from black people. And I've had those right. looks where it's like, Juneteenth, the heck is that? You made this word up? I, I don't get it. One time I had a black coworker 
I was um, asking if anybody, because I was new in the area, so I was asking, are there any Juneteenth celebrations or festivals or anything around here because I don't have family out here? And mm-hmm. she said to me, what's Juneteenth? And I go, it's a celebration of emancipation. Because at the time, I grew up always celebrating it. So I didn't realize it was a primarily regional thing until I was an adult. So I told her, I was like, it's a celebration of emancipation, you know, da, da, da. And, um, and she goes, what day is it? And I was like, Juneteenth. <laughs> and the, so even getting asked, like, what day is Juneteenth was right. so weird to me that I, mm-hmm. like, uh, it didn't even occur to me you wouldn't garner <laughs> right. what day it was. Right. Yeah. And, and so when I when, when I knew I was going to get a chance to speak to you about this and, and thank you for this, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I, I had to I had to read up on it. And I and, and in reading it, I saw that there's 45 out of 50 states that legally, legally, mind you, commemorate the day. So so it it, it, it makes me scratch my head. Well, well, one, all 50 should celebrate it. And, and two, how is it that this day is so quiet Mm-hmm. In terms of its importance, because, I, you know, I, I, I go back to the link of Independence and Independence Day. You know, this country, the the biggest thing, the biggest thing that is honed in no matter what American. <laughs> yeah, you could be black, you could be Asian, you could be white. It doesn't matter. You know, any American out of the almost two, three hundred thirty million of us, we get hammered, hammered and hammered again that. This country stands for freedom and that we should not have our freedoms taken away. And if we have any freedoms taken away, then we should fight for it. And we should celebrate all freedom anytime and any day we choose to to celebrate it. I mean, that's what we do for Memorial Day. That's what we do for on Veterans Day, even on Labor Day, which is not really a patriotic day. We we almost have a patriotic spin on that day. Right. Yeah. You know. Thanksgiving is a patriotic spin, although we don't fly red, white, and blue, but it's considered an American holiday there. So all these times we celebrate freedom in a grandiose manner, and June 19th is so quiet. Shh. That I don't get. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, listen, like, as Americans, as a nation— we don't like to talk about the dark times, so you try to find ways around mm. it as much as you can, right? And so, yeah. but there's so many of us that have been impacted, even multiple generations later, by this dark time that we're not allowed to speak about, that we we need ways of acknowledging, I mean, look at Memorial Day, right? Memorial Day yeah. is the day that you're supposed to celebrate those who didn't come home from wars. And yet, for some reason, that's not exactly how it is celebrated. We're marking a pain with that holiday. This is no Mm -hmm. different. This is something that although we find joy in it, especially as black people or as mixed black people and and we're with our families and we're doing cookouts or or however it is that we're celebrating, we mark that it was pain who got us there, what got us there. And but that it's survival, you know, that I guess that survival spirit that we tend to have that keeps us going. And to allow ourselves to mark it and not forget and continue on is what all of our patriotic holidays are supposed to be about. So this should be amongst those super patriotic days that even white people in America should be able to acknowledge, listen, 
this was a dark time in our country. Our whole country is based off of this terrible thing, you know, these terrible things. We acknowledge that it was like that. We're trying to move forward. And we honor those who were kidnapped, enslaved, died, tortured, and their descendants who have, you know, come from that. I don't understand how it is so quiet. And it actually hurts Mm -hmm. a little bit when you are surrounded by black people who don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It hurts. And I don't know why. And I don't know if I'm I mean, I know I get accused of being a little bit more uh, militant about blackness because I am mixed, which is a whole nother issue that I'm, you know, I'm working on in in therapy and shit. Um, But like, you know, as a mixed person who has to fight for um, permission to use my identity, (laughs) basically, Mm. I, I get upset that that I that somehow this was kept from us. Of any day that should be for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, look, I'm proud to be black, proud, 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 love it, would not want to be another color at all. And mm-hmm. I really do mean that even with the history that we have that we have suffered from, learned from, hopefully, and <laughs> and, and and we climbed on the shoulders from and of. I love being black. But with that being said. This day, to me, I just look at this is a day where there's a group of people who were enslaved and they got told that no, they, they, that they are no longer enslaved. Mm-hmm. Just a group of people, period. Right. What was that you know, have been like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I, 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 I go when I hear any, any group of people who have been enslaved in any way, shape, form, or fashion, my heart bleeds. Like like the Jews who went through the Holocaust, man. When I hear the stories of what they went through in the concentration camps, and the same thing with the Japanese, when they went through the concentration camps here in this country, mm-hmm. my heart my heart goes out and bleeds. I mean, because I don't want to see and don't want to hear any suffering like that. But it's like it, to me, it's like the movie The Pursuit of Happiness, when you know we we see all all these bad things that happened to the the main character Chris Gardner. We see all these bad things that happen to him. And then at the end, he gets that big break that just sets him and his course of life to success beyond what he could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And what I love is at the end, he is shedding tears of joy, but it is he's shedding those tears of joy because he's realizing, wow, I suffered. I fought. I scratched. I clawed. And I didn't think this day was going to happen, but thank God it's here. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. And I can't contain the excitement and the relief anymore. Right. And that's how I view Juneteenth. It's it's the I can't contain the excitement anymore. And it's a gorgeous day. Yeah. And and for it to not be celebrated in the way that it should. Yeah. I, I that's why I that's why I couldn't form any words out of my mouth to say to you, you know what? You shouldn't be so militant toward this. You shouldn't have your feelings hurt so much by this because I understand why it is. Okay. So that was a small section from a larger conversation that I had with Cole 
from Cole Sports about Juneteenth. And it was really nice to be able to actually talk to somebody and who feels a similar way to me as, uh, you know, that this holiday should be more significant on a countrywide scale, not just a black scale, not just a regional black scale. So it was nice to kind of have someone feel that, that kind of way with me. And Cole and I are strangers to each other. We actually met because of me posting the question in our social group about Juneteenth and him responding. We do have some friends in common, though, podcasts and friends, Stephanie from Local Minutes and stuff. But it was really nice to have that conversation. I think that section that you got to hear was was really indicative of how we, we feel about Juneteenth and the impact that we wish the holiday had. All right, but this is going to be the last segment of the Juneteenth episode this year. I wanted to talk about the significance of red foods and red drinks for Juneteenth. But it goes even further back. I want to say that the significance of the color red or the symbolism behind the color red, uh, where it pertains to black Americans and then even further back going into Africa, uh, contributes to why we eat and drink red foods and beverages for Juneteenth. Red has always sort of been associated symbolizing the blood of millions of slaves who suffered and died because of the transatlantic slave trade. It is part of the colors of the Pan-African flag, red for the blood of the people, black for the people, green for the abundant wealth of Africa, and I, I assume also what was taken what was colonized, what was stolen from Africa, the continent, and the people. Uh, But with red in terms of the food or how that translated once we pass from the continent to America and uh, the foods we eat and things like that, you know, it might be a stretch to kind of link it to to the past and to Africa, but it it is part of something that that we discussed. Uh, But red fruits and drinks were a major way of commemorating the legacy of slavery and the holiday. Red cake, red velvet cake in the South is actually something that's made from cocoa powder, something that is brown, and it's folded into the batter until the batter becomes red and then and then you stop folding in the the cocoa so it's not red dye like they do up north or in the western states it's actually cocoa powdered brown cocoa powder that turns red as you fold it in um there's also uh back in early days of juneteenth it's kind of shifted now but in the early days of juneteenth there would be a red lemonade drink that was served for Juneteenth or, or, you know, any general kind of event. And, and that was made through, um, the cola nut, which actually does turn food red and it was used to sweeten bitter drinks. And so we had a red lemonade and that was part of our traditional thing. Plus, uh, those of us who, um, would eat ribs or, um, other forms of red meat and hot links, hot links also are infused with a red color. It's already a spicy food, a hot spicy food anyway, but the red is usually added to the hot link. And so there's all these foods that are inside our traditional Juneteenth celebra- celebratory foods that are red. And that is meant to remind us it's, it's it may be subtle now, but back then it was actually intentionally inserted into the holiday so that we remember the blood of the people, the sacrifice, and, and, and what was taken. And additional foods that exist for the holiday though, you know, okra, beans, melons, things that came from Africa along with the slave trade and are now a part of southern cooking all a lot of this stuff was actually brought alongside the the people that were stolen also the food and the and the plants and and things like that that were that were brought over hibiscus is also another way to redden drinks and food that was either stewed or uh, dried and then steeped into teas things like that so there's just something 
And maybe I don't fully understand why I do believe it has the connection to the, to, you know, red for the blood of the people, but we do infuse red into our foods for Juneteenth as a part of acknowledgement of the past and what happened to our people. So with that being said, I think in my small way, this is me kind of piecing together what Juneteenth is, what it means to me and to TK and Cole who joined me for this episode. So I hope that next year as we grow our audience, we'll actually be able to find and connect with some folks that did grow up celebrating Juneteenth like I did so that we can kind of add that part of the conversation that I wanted to have for this episode, which was as a mixed black person, you know, how are you affected, impacted? How do you feel about this primarily black holiday? But you know, at the time that I came to deciding that that's what I wanted to do for Juneteenth, you know, I didn't have time to kind of hunt folks down. And of course, social media didn't yield any mixed black folks that were celebrating Juneteenth. So we'll get there next year. We'll see. Uh, Before we go, though, I would like to thank TK from the Shade and Shit Talking podcast and Black with No Chaser and Cole from Cole Sports for participating on the show. It really means a lot that they, you know, strangers to me stepped in when I said I needed help on Black Podcasters United and came through for me. So I really appreciate it to them. I'm going to put links to their shows in the show notes so that you can check them out and support them the way they supported us. And one announcement, there is going to be a new show added to the main Hustle Media roster effective June 28th, just in time for the end of Pride. I will be hosting a new show called Bye Furious with Mixed Girl Maine. It is a show that will be focusing on sex and sexuality, gender, and lifestyle, love styles from the LGBTQ plus perspective. As you know, I've done a few speaking engagements about intersectional identity uh, through Pride events at Sierra College over the last year. And because I do get contacted about intersectional identity as it relates to LGBTQ plus people, I thought it would be better to create a show where we can focus on that versus inserting it in places and militantly mixed where um, I guess may or may not have a mixed race heritage. So we're adding that show to the roster and we will now have militantly mixed black radical queer hosted by Javier Nicole, blurred comics co-hosted by myself and blurred vision. And then by furious with mixed girl Maine, where I will be hosting and visited by guests to talk about LGBTQ plus issues, gender, sexuality, lifestyle, love style, etc. I'm looking forward to it. I'm pretty excited. It is going to be a bi-monthly show, so it is only going to be twice a month. Um, but we hope to get your support for that. I'm going to go ahead and play a clip promo for Buy Furious with Mixed Girl Maine. Please follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, Buy Furious Pod. Facebook also, there's a Buy Furious Pod page and uh, help us start off on a high note. Hey y'all, it's your girl Charmaine Fury, aka Mixed Girl Maine, the busiest mixed race bisexual polyamorous atheist podcaster in this podcasting game. And I am here to announce my new show on the Maine Hustle Media Podcast Network, Buy Furious with Mixed Girl Maine. By Furious is a podcast about sex and sexuality, gender, lifestyles, and love styles. It's a safe space podcast for all of us intersectional folks out there that just want to let our queer flags fly without having to fall into a particular group, mold, or label. By Furious will be a bi-monthly, see what I did there, show hosted on the Anchor Podcasting platform. Our first show will air on June 28th, just in time for the end of Pride Month. If you like me on Militantly Mixed and Blurred Comics, you'll love me on By Furious. Stay tuned, and we'll see you on June 28th. Peace, y'all. All right, everybody. That's pretty much all I had to say about that. Happy Juneteenth, y'all, and don't forget to be your mixed-ass self.
Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Johnson. Music is by David Bogan, The One. And if you like what you heard on Militantly Mix, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.